Well, this morning, I've asked Kenneth Menino if he would speak for us this morning. We haven't heard him from the pulpit in a while. And so I asked him, I said, uh, you still want to preach? <laughs> he said, well, I haven't been given opportunity in a while. So this morning, I'm giving him opportunity. Would you give him a hand as he comes to the platform this morning to share the word of the Lord? We may have to bring lunch in. Can you hear me? Good deal. I promise I am not reading <laughs> this whole thing. So don't get scared. Amen? So is everybody having a good time so far? Amen. So what I'm going to speak on today, if it offends you, don't be mad at me. But it should get you in gear for what God has in store for your life. Amen? Amen. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah 29, 11. giving everybody a time to get there because my wife tells me you rush everybody. 29.11 says this. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So let us pray. Father God, we just thank you right now, Father God, for your word this morning. Father God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that showed up mightily already, Father God, in the praise and worship. We pray right now, Father God, you would guide my mind and my heart and my voice, Father God, to speak for you and you alone, Father. Father, we just love you and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So I want you to repeat one thing. After I say it, you say it. God can use, God can use me. me. Okay? <laughs> That's what I like. A little bit of humor. Amen. Now repeat this, if God can use, God can use. that guy, yeah. he can use me. Can use me. Hunter, I didn't hear you. <laughs> he can use each and every one of us no matter what your life is. He wrote out the plans for your life. My, my people that I live with every day like visuals. Lord laid on my heart to use this as a visual. These are plans, right? They also make great disciplinary. They don't leave marks. It's a joke. But God wrote out the plans for your life. Whenever he created the heavens and the earth, he wrote out the plans, stuck them on a shelf, per se. And when you were born, pulled them plans out. You are given those plans. And whenever you accept Him into your life, guess what? That's when you start to unroll the plans. So what I do now is project management, which I deal with architects and engineers. So a lot of y'all understand the pain and frustration I deal with every day with engineers and architects. 
They give us a set of plans. These are not good enough. They give us a set of spec books. Any gray areas in here, they refer to these. If it's not in here and in here, it's your fault. Because they designed these perfectly. Just ask them. In our spiritual walk, God gives us our plans. And He gives us our spec book. But His plans are perfect. There is no gray areas in here. There is no flaws in this. If you will work your life according to these plans right here and according to this spec book right here, you're going to be okay. But there's times that we get off on our own plans. We get off on our own trails. See, architects and engineers have months, years to design plans for new schools, new office buildings, new churches. No matter how smart, how much experience they have, you can never say this in an engineering meeting, by the way. No matter how smart, no matter how much experience you have, there are things overlooked, details missed, and some items are just flat out left out. You're building a man-made building with man-made objects with man-made wisdom. Man ain't perfect. And I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not perfect. But God, since the beginning of time, had every detail, every event planned out. Only thing that can change the plan God has in your life is you. You're the only one that can change these plans. You have a choice. Surrender daily to God's plans or do your own plans. It's called free will. Usually whenever we get these plans... They're rolled up like this, and you can see how they just stay rolled up. It's very annoying. So what we usually do is we lay them out on our desk, and we'll put some weights on them. We call that let them relax. It's another word for I don't feel like dealing with it right now. That's what it means. But when you give your life to Christ, he expects you to relax. Why do you need to relax when you give your life to Christ? Well, you've surrendered. He's got you. You've been living in the world and you're always looking over your shoulder. Who's going to stab you in the back? Who's coming after you next? Who's going to steal your stuff? What do they want from me? What are they trying to take from me? That's what living in the world will get you. That's your mindset you get. For those of you that's never done that, that's my mindset. When I was living in the world, the world was not pleasant. But when you surrender over to Christ, guess what? He has you in the palm of His hand now. He tells you to relax. God's plans in your life must be able to be worked and complete trust in Him. Amen. I can't work with these plans. They're, they're annoying. They're rolled up, right? But when you let them relax, then you can work with them. You can turn the page and it stays open. That's what God expects from you. Relax. Be workable. When He starts turning pages in your life, don't want to roll them back. Because He's delivered you from the past. He's taking you somewhere. But in order to get from page to page, you've got to relax. You can't do it on your own. It's not our wisdom, and it's not our infinite greatness that we are. It's Him. But if you don't relax, He can't work with you. If you are uptight, always looking for the next edge somebody's going to get over on you, guess what? You're never going to be able to just fully put your walls down and trust. And I know it's hard. 
My lifestyle is hard to trust people. But God has showed me I can trust people. I've read a spec book. He says I can trust Him. Second thing is this. Your life matters. God doesn't make mistakes. Mistakes are from our side, not His. You know, you could be living your Christian walk halfway through the plan of your life and you can literally just roll them up and throw them away and walk away from it. You can. You can walk away from the plan that God has for your life. But I promise you, you can get right back to where you was if you'll just get back in a relationship with Him. Matter of fact, I've seen it happen in so many people's lives. They may be halfway through the plan of their life, walk away. Sorry, I didn't mean to knock over everything. And come back, and they pick up right where God had them. I've even seen people come back and be advanced from where God had them. So you can't ever write somebody off. Because God can pick them back up and put them right back where they need to be in a moment in time. Your life matters. You may say, you don't know my family. I don't. God does. God doesn't make mistakes. You may say, you don't know how I was raised. God does. You may say, you don't know my past. God does. He still loves you. He still wrote out plans for your life. When He created the heavens and the earth, He had you on his mind that's a personal God that we serve detailed to the very number of hairs on your head there is no engineer or architect that can tell me how many hairs I have on my head but God can he is a personal God you may say I keep going back and I can't break this whatever addiction whatever God's plans for your life never go away He has them there waiting for you to pick them right back up even though you've walked away. Jeremiah 1.5 says this, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Who in here was formed in the belly? Better be all of us and we got a different problem. <laughs> and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I have appointed thee a prophet unto the nations. That tells me he has a calling upon each and every one of our lives. He does not make mistakes. No matter where you are in life, age, he can still accomplish his plan in you and complete his design. My great-grandpa, I got to actually meet him before he passed away. He told me, he said, God doesn't bring you home until you've completed the plans that he's put in your life. He lived to be 98 Took him a little while. Slow learner. <laughs> My grandma right now is 94. So what does that tell you about our family? Takes us a little while to do what God called us to do. <laughs> but you know what? You still walk in the calling. No matter how many years you're here, you still walk in that calling. Um. No matter what you've done, what you've thought, 
And I'm just going to speak from my experience on this, thoughts. Your thoughts will make you think that you've done the wrong thing. And I know that's not a great explanation, but I'm trying to think of a way right now. I'm buffering. It's a bad signal in here. It's a metal building. <laughs> but your thoughts can take you down roads that you never thought you'd go down. Just the thought. No matter what people has told you, the fact that you are here and listening says that the Holy Spirit is still drawing you. He's not done with you. No matter your age, He's not done with you. If you're two or 102, He's not done with you. He still has a plan for your life. He's still tugging at your heart. You're not too far gone or too old to be the prophet God has planned for you to be. How many people in here believe that they're a prophet? Think of themselves as a prophet. Nobody one, nobody really raise your hands on that one, huh? We're all called to tell the world about Jesus. You may not think of yourself that way, but that is what our calling is in our life, is to tell others about Jesus. Um, it says, we came into this world with nothing, And all you have on earth, someone else is going to enjoy it when you've accomplished your plans. I'll give you an example. My boys are already planning for me to pass away. <laughs> they've already told me which guns go to who. So they've already got my life planned out. They're already planning on my plans being done here soon so they can enjoy the things that I work for. But it is a blessing to know that we won't take nothing out of this world with us. We're not going to have nothing to compare each other to when we get to heaven. We're not going to be able to say, well, Mike got to bring his AR. I didn't get to bring mine. <laughs> this is unfair. All that stuff stays back on earth. And if you live your life according to God's plans, your children and your children's children will enjoy what you work for. Not many of us get to meet our great-grandparents. I was fortunate enough I got to meet one of them. But you know, that says a lot about living a life according to the Bible, according to our spec book that we have. Your life matters. What you do affects future generations. That was the point of our going with the kids to getting all my stuff. If I ever come up missing or knocked in the head and they were with me, y'all kind of have an idea of what happened. But I wanted to read this devotion to you, talking about future generations after us. Scott talked about this morning about the youth, that they're not a waste, they're not lost. I'll give you some of them are lost, but God knows where they're at, and can he still find them? This is in Genesis 22.8. Um, it's talking about Abraham. We talked about this a little bit this morning in Sunday school. Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they, both, they went, both of them, together. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now in this right here, Abraham is taking Isaac up the mountain. 
to sacrifice him. Isaac's not aware of it just yet, but you know, he's pretty pretty sharp. I imagine he figured it out. It'd be like Mike taking Zach to the woods, saying, "Hey, we're going hunting. You know, we're going to go make a sacrifice." And Zach says, "Where's the sacrifice?" He's, don't know. It wouldn't take long. Zach could probably start thinking, I bet you I'm that guy. <laughs> right? So Isaac is carrying the wood up the mountain. I'll just kind of read this to you. That way you kind of know where it's coming from. It says, Abraham's actions seem like those of a mentally unstable father. How many times in your spiritual walk have you been considered unstable? You don't know what you're doing. That makes no logical sense. Explain it to me. I can't explain it to me. All I know is God told me to do it and I must do it. You get labeled sometimes as unstable. God asked Abraham to do the unthinkable, take his son and offer him up in a sacrifice at Mount Moriah. But something much deeper was going on in God's plan. You see, there was a foreshadowing of a greater event at this event. Abraham put the wood for the sacrifice on his son and hiked up to the place on the, on the third day. The place, Moriah, which is only named one other time in the Bible. And it would be the place where King Solomon would build the temple 1,000 years later. Moriah was also near the place of Calvary where God would sacrifice his only son. 2,000 years later, same place, Jesus carried that wooden cross up the hill to be sacrificed. The pain of a father's heart was felt by an almighty God who would offer up his, his own son for our sin. Our biggest tests are the opportunities for God's biggest provisions. You don't know what you're missing out for future generations with you not living according to God's plans. Abraham's obedience there was setting the pre-event for things to come. 2,000 years later, Christ would carry the wood up the mountain to be crucified on. The plans you live, in, live out now affect future generations. The plans you live out now set the example of the people for now. The plans you live out now, it's your choice. Whose plans are you going to follow? You gonna follow your plans, or are you gonna follow these plans? If you're gonna live your life according to these plans, you're gonna be a really nice pavilion. Because that's what these plans are, is for a pavilion. But God has plans for you that you can live out and become a beautiful piece of work that God created. So that's the choice I'm asking you to do this morning. Which plans are you gonna live by? So I want to ask you this morning, will you surrender to his plans? If you do surrender to his plans, you have to read his spec book. I know guys, we like to put things together according to the pictures on the box. Instructions are a waste of paper. Never needed them. I remember we bought a swing set one time, one of those really nice wooden swing sets. Sarah's wanting to read it. I told her, go in the house. I don't want to read them instructions. I can look on the picture of that box and tell you how every part goes. I was working it according to my own plan. When we got, when we got done, I had the nail gun, skill saw, 
It was. It said it was. Everything is pre-cut. It wasn't. <laughs> Come to find out, it was all pre-cut. <laughs> but I did it according to my plans and my knowledge, and it turned out to be a mess. Kids couldn't swing on it. <laughs> wasn't stable. We ended up taking it all back apart, used the instructions, put it back together, and the kids could actually enjoy the swing set safely. <laughs> but that's what happens whenever we start living according to our own plans. We think we can do it. And guys, I can relate to you, believe it or not, because I'm a guy. I promise. We like to look at the instructions and throw them in the garbage. We like to look at the pictures and say, we can build that. We can do this. But if we don't read the instructions, we're going to do it wrong. It is going to be a jumbled up mess. So I'm asking you this morning, whose plans will you follow? If you're already following God's plans, let me ask you this. Will you continue to do your own? Because I know a lot of people that are involved in God's work, but yet they're out there doing their own thing. I'm just being real with y'all. You can be so busy about doing the Lord's work, you forgot the Lord was even involved. Don't make those mistakes. God does not make mistakes. And I'm closing with this. God does not make mistakes. My parents were in high school when I was born. It's pretty much first sign mistake, right? God knew. God knew. It might have been a mistake for them at the moment in their life, but I was a plan by God. I might have been an accident, a bother, a nuisance, but ordained by God and created for a purpose. And each and every one of us in this room can stay the same thing. Whether you're in here or you're listening on Facebook, you were created for a purpose. You don't get to choose your family. God knows what He did when He put you in that family. Some people say, well, i got a horrible family. Compared to what? What's the gauge of a good family? The spec book says it all. We were created for a purpose, to tell others about Jesus. Without Jesus... Your plans for your life burn. If you die and you're not living according to these plans, guess what? These are just the same as good as firewood. They're going to burn right there with you in hell. God sent His Son to keep you out of that. Wood is meant to burn, not people. Not souls. That place was designed for the devil and his oompa loompas. We were designed to last an eternity in heaven for Him. If He didn't want us there, He would have never made the plans for us. If He didn't want us there, then Jeremiah's a liar. He said, I knew the plans to prosper you. He's got plans for you, but it's up to us. Whew. 
I'm going to close on this. I'm not ordained, so I can only close once. So. You know, I'll tell you, since I've got my um, license, my, I think I'm licensed. What am I licensed? Certified? Certified. Not certified, y'all thinking, you know, certified loony. <laughs> but certified the other way. You know, I've struggled since I've gotten that because I've never really used it. I've struggled thinking, God, what am I doing? The only thing I've ever used my license for is to pick door locks. <laughs> but I know God has called me to something else than picking door locks with my license from the assemblies of God. I'm sure I'll be disciplined after this. But little do I know, I got the license back when, six, seven years ago, for something that's coming up in the future that God has for my life. And it's not to pick a big door lock. It's to preach the gospel about Jesus. It says, amen. Without Jesus, your life means nothing. And many of us can attest to that. Without Jesus, everyone's going to forget you over time. Everybody's going to forget you if you don't have Christ in your life. So let your life have meaning. Let your life have a purpose. And let the plans that God wrote for your life unfold before you. And that's just what I want to encourage you this morning. You've got the plans that God put before you. If you can hear me, God's still tugging at your heart. He's still tugging. That means you're going to live for an eternity somewhere. Heaven or hell. There's only two places I know of. And if you read this, you're going to be good. And apply this to your life. Don't do like I did on the instructions for the swing set and put these to the side. Because you'll miss the beautiful thing that God has made of you, made for you. So I want to encourage you, follow God's plans for your life this morning. Amen? Amen. Whenever I got you to repeat that earlier this morning, if God can use that guy, he can use me. I'm nobody special. I mean, I am to God and to Sarah, especially on Wednesdays. That's payday. But my education, my upbringing, the way I acted, I wasn't raised in church, I shouldn't be back here. I shouldn't be back here. But God has a plan. And His plan is perfect. Not because I'm perfect, because He is perfect. Amen? So I want to encourage you this morning. Step out of your comforts and do what God has planned for your life. If God's called you to be a men's leader, worship leader, whatever kind of leader, or if He just called you to be a helper, step out of your comforts and start allowing God's plans to work in your life. Amen? Because you never know. You may be starting on page one of your plans. Page three, guess what? You may be leading. No, I'm not telling you that to scare you. I'm just telling you, based on my life, you're going to start out small, but God's going to start promoting you. 
And before long, your, God's plan for your life will start unfolding. Amen? Amen. Brother Scott, if you want to come up here. Thank you all so much for letting me speak. Well, stand with me this morning if you would. These plans that he has are for our pavilion, by the way. And if you haven't been back there, we're almost through with that. We have a flooring left to put down and a little bit of grid ceiling and a few toilets to set, so we're that close. But this morning, I want you to... to um, I feel like I ought to close like this. Isaiah, the Lord said he knew the plans he had for you to bring you to an expected end. And I want you to, if you, if you just say in your heart this morning, Lord, I really want to follow that plan. Would you just lift your hand with me this morning? Lord, I really want to follow that plan. Because the Lord sees your heart this morning. He sees your hand. So would you just pray with me as we close this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Almighty God, that you see our hearts and you see our hands, O oh God. You see, O oh God, how we want to be involved in the plan that you have for our life, O oh God. And I know that they're serious when they do this, Father. And Lord God, I know, Father, that this isn't done, Lord God, just because everybody else raised their hand. But Lord God, I thank you for this congregation, Lord. And I pray that in the days to come, O oh God, that many would begin to find their plans to unroll, Father God, in things that they've been designed for and things that you promoted them to. Lord God, let many begin to feel the call and the plan and the direction that God has for their life. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, for this service today, and I thank you for the message that you gave us today, O oh God. And now I pray, O oh God, as we dismiss from this service, O oh God, that you would rest our bodies, Lord God, that you would rest our minds, O oh God, and you would help us to rest in your plans, O oh God, to know that you are the one, Lord God, that unfolds the plans. You are the one that makes the plans, Lord. You are the one that wrote the book, O oh God. And, Father God, you created us, O oh God, to be able to accomplish exactly what you've given us. Rest our bodies this afternoon, God. Bring us back tonight at the appointed hour. In Jesus' name we pray for your glory. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you back tonight at 6 o'clock.